0: Well, Jacob, I have a question for you, and that is you have moved up to high school, and at middle school, you were always giving us advice on what the kids need to be reading. And you, you know, you always have an answer for what everybody should be reading. I'm wondering if moving to high school has made a difference in how you, or if you even, I mean, I know you're a prolific reader, if you will, but has it made a difference you like people ask you what should be reading you know what you know what should we read i mean are you still able to offer the same suggestions in the same fluency that uh, you did at middle school like to kids are any of them teachers or kids
1: uh yes and no i mean it's it's so funny because there's i've had to kind of check my understanding a little bit because we will uh, like I'll be in a class and I'll hear them talking about stuff and it'll be it'll be higher level because like for instance we were listening to I was listening to a lesson about or on antigone which is by far my favorite of the kind of ancient plays and Mm -hmm. i love it to death i think the the themes are incredible i love the characters and there's so many quotes from it that i enjoy um but listening to it you, it's funny because it, it, on on one level and this happens in what regardless of the class i'm in that's just the example i use but i sit in these classes and i or i step in for a minute and kids are having these really great conversations right if especially if i go into like a senior ap class you know when they just they'll have these like really great conversations and they're really philosophical and deep and i'm like man this is really high level and so i i actually pause and take a step back and go OK, so hang on. Let, let's erase the fact that I've been having seventh grade, sixth grade conversations for, you know, seven, eight years. Um, and let's relook at this and go, is this to the level of the standard? Is it to that? And a lot of the times it is because we have amazing people, but um, it's it's been a challenge to adjust what is high school level conversation right what is high school level analysis and that has been something that has been interesting to me but it's oh you know what's funny though is I almost being in middle school for so long and having a lot of elementary um, exposure just because of the the types of people I've had on teach me teacher for so many years a lot of them are elementary focused um I have a, a barometer for that so I I I know what is too low faster in terms mm. of uh, of of what the rigor is of that should be in a classroom. Now, with that said, to get to your actual question about books, um, I find a lot of the books that are on teacher shelves and a lot of the books that kids are reading um were books that I had on my shelf. Like they have okay. the, they have the Poet X, they have um a lot of Jason Reynolds stuff. You know, they have some of the lower things as well. The one thing that is interesting is that there's a lot more just higher level YA that a lot of kids genuinely can access. Like some of those books I had on my shelf for kind of my high readers. And then I had a lot of stuff mixed in that was a lot more mid grade level. So um, stuff that's a little bit more kind of er not early chapter book um, for people in the publishing world. That's like a, that's almost like your captain underpants, um, Diary of a wimpy kid uh Hank the Cowdog really like you know that stuff is like kind of early chapter books um and then but it was but in my middle school classroom I had a lot of mid-grade rated stuff so stuff that was really geared from kids kind of between four and set or four like grades four and seven and so that gave a lot of uh uh it gave a lot of that just kind of early literacy vibe but it was the stuff that kids could access at the high school level i've noticed that just kids even struggling readers just because they've had more exposure um can access some of the higher level stuff so yes i can recommend stuff and i indeed have i see kids reading something and i'm like oh yeah you should you should totally read this i've sat on on uh teachers doing book tastings and i just start like recommending books and you know pushing out those. I do it all the time. Um, especially if I'm in a classroom and I'm sitting next to somebody, or if I'm talking to a kid in the hallway and we're talking about them, they'll be like, Oh, I hate reading. I'm like, "Who was the last book you liked and they'll mention something. And I'm like, all right. I was like, and I'll, I'll put it in my phone as a reminder and then it triggers and I'll go get that book and I'll bring it to the kids. So yes. Um, it has opened up a lot of doors though. There's a lot of stuff that I haven't read. Um, that is newer uh, just kind of the upper YA that's available at the high school level that has a little bit you know higher more mature uh content so to speak in terms of just the the intellectual side of things like there's a lot of um you but there sorry my wife was in here bringing me a beverage to keep my stuff not parched <laughs> anyway my uh so yeah I, I, I lost my train of thought my whole oh my goodness now my dog's in here we're just gonna let her well get my cat's dog. in here so well my dog chews on things I'm
0: sorry y'all yes Oh, uh, you're, you're, you're good you're wonderful come get her we got a new puppy i know she's getting very big oh let me
1: see her let me see her well she's being walked out i'll have to show you another oh, time okay. miss ochoa oh, well <laughs> <laughs> All right, regardless, to answer your question, <laughs> yes, although my my upper level has expanded quite a bit. So um, there, there's a lot to read out there, and especially for teachers, um, you know, I haven't had a lot of conversations with that. I think there's there's a lot of professional development books that are geared towards elementary and middle school. I don't think there's a lot really geared towards high school, which might be something, um to look at for anyone who's looking to write in the professional world and whatnot. But anyway, that was a yeah. rambling answer because of the distractions, but hopefully we got it.
0: <laughs> Oh yeah, that's cool. Well, I was just kind of wondering um, if that made a difference or, you know, but yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Well, one thing I got from your answer that I like, and that is your idea of when you get, when you make a uh when you talk to that, that student, you actually put a note in your phone. I mean, I never thought about doing that. And that is a good that, idea.
1: By the way, that I mean, that's my saving grace. I'm probably going to quote that a lot when I start, you know, because I've been I've been weighing how often I should talk about my principalship. And it comes out on this podcast, because of just the nature of this show, we talk about our real lives. But mm-hmm. um, in terms of anything really public, Um, or Teach Me Teacher, like I've had some anecdotes on there, but, and I've been toying with the idea of having a show about leadership and principalship, but I'm I'm resisting the urge to do it too early. But I, I have a feeling that when I go back, and really start talking about this time and, and talking about what I've learned and the challenges and all of that in detail to help other people. I think that'll be one of the things that I think will count as a win was when I made that decision to start keeping those those conversations in my phone and uh, and just going back. That's how I learned students' names. I would write down their name. I would write down a description of like, it's something that like identified them so I could remember who they were. You know, if like they had like a certain hair color um, or certain like glasses that were really distinguished or anything like that, I would write down those things. And then something I remembered that we talked about. And so when I saw them again, um, it was all of this. And I've had kids to this day, like now that they're more comfortable with me and I talk to them pretty regularly, they'll go, Hey, how many? How, they're they're like hey why do you know my name like how do you like a lot of people don't like just so many names and I was like because I tried like I wanted to know your name and it really does like the the amount of difference it makes for kids to have an administrator who can not only you know say hi in the hallway and be respectful but also talk to them by name and be able to reference you know things about their lives or ask key questions you know it's It's helped me amazingly to make me feel more connected to the student body, but it's also helped me in those times where I have to pull a kid in because they're they've done something wrong, they have too many tardies, they they cussed out a teacher, they skipped, you know, anything like that. I have so many kids who I've literally given Saturday school. Some of the kids that I've suspended, like they come up to me and talk to me the most. Because of those conversations, so I don't know. I have a. Uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll cycle back to that a lot, but it's been it's been helpful.
0: Oh yeah. Well, with that, everybody, welcome to Craft and Draft. Go ahead and take it from there, Jacob. Tell us what yeah. we're going to be talking about today. Of course,
1: of course. Now, before I do that, I want to want to hang a lantern on, on something. So, I guys, you you might. I don't if if my job is done right, you won't notice too much of an audio difference. But my guess is that you're probably going to a little bit. Because this is going to get processed in about three weeks. Did something days. happen? Well, my son accidentally spilled water on my MacBook. Um it, it didn't destroy it totally. There was some there were some salvageable things, but it completely ruined my keypad and randomly it would shut off. So <laughs> oh, no. I was like, Well, I can't really use this. Um, I mean, I could, but we would, I mean, I could just had nightmares about you know podcasting with you or anyone and it just shutting off randomly and it going through this cycle. And I was like, Oh my god. And you know, very you know, I use MacBooks because I do music. I do podcasts. I do all that stuff. So, I, I kind of need that production value. I encourage you to get your own MacBook, which you do, or not. You have your iMac, but the the Mac ecosystem just fits this what we do so well, right? And right. I'm so into it because of my programs that I use that uh that I can't really go away from it unless I want to spend you know literally hundreds of dollars extra on programs and whatnot. Anyway. So I needed a new one. I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. So I bit the bullet. I spent way too much money that I didn't have on a brand new uh, MacBook Pro, which is incredible, by the way. It's an amazing computer. I'm very happy, and it <laughs> happened around my birthday, so I considered it a birthday present. But um, it, because of that, there's a lot of kinks that get worked out in terms of using programs and everything. And we jumped on the Zoom today, and lo and behold, the program that we use to capture audio – is not working properly we're also recording later than normal both in the week and time wise because you're going off on your vacation to celebrate a baby being born in your family which That's is wonderful right so all of that to say i'm capturing this through zoom i'm going to process it through my uh professional software um but we will see what it sounds like so if it sounds horrible We deeply apologize. We'll make up for it, I'm (laughs) sure, but you guys know how it is. We're teachers. We go forward. We don't let mild technology hiccups stop the beautifulness of learning, which is what we're all about. So today, what we're going to be diving into is uh, really, it's it's a great topic. Um, We're probably not going to go the full hour um, just because of everything mentioned in the last 10 minutes. Um, but really, we're going to talk about keeping kids engaged. And I think this is a great conversation, especially around the holidays, because there's so many distractions, uh, both in the classroom, outside of the classroom, and just in the school. There's testing that happens around this time. There's assemblies. There's all kinds of things that just disrupt the flow of classes, especially if you're a workshop teacher. So we're going to dive into that Today. But I want to tell you guys, if you're not already a Patreon supporter, you should definitely do that. We have some special stuff coming up. We're not ready to reveal anything just yet, but we have some ideas in the works. There's going to be some trainings coming up. And you know, if you're a Patreon supporter, uh, you either get discounts or you get in for free based on your support tier. But if you want to join us over there, you can, and you can join the rest of our crew who's over there who absolutely, they're all absolutely amazing, but we have Alicia, Mm -hmm. Brandy, Leah, Mark, Amy, Rebecca, Courtney, Carol, Melissa, Destiny, Natalie, Susan, Tracy, Andrea, and hannah and they support us and they're wonderful and they keep the lights on of this podcast and they get bonus episodes every single month as well as some bonus videos and trainings and like i said access to stuff coming up if you don't want to do that subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss anything coming up leave a review if you enjoy this episode but ladies and gentlemen let's get to the conversation all right miss Ochoa, when you think student engagement what comes to mind
0: well, first of all, you know we when we were busy uh trying to figure out what we were going to talk about, you know, and you asked me, um one of the reasons this this topic came to my mind is because I was in a meeting yesterday uh after after school uh until about seven o'clock. But anyway, the in that meeting we were I was chatting it up with some some other teachers and one of their comments that I overheard them, I didn't overhear. we were all talking, but they were kind of actually just sharing with each other. And I was just listening in at this point. And that was, these kids are checking out. What do I do? It's so early. I mean, they're checking out, you know, and that, that, that was the deal that I was hearing. And it was actually some elementary teachers that were saying that with blended with a high school teacher and some middle school teachers. So it was, um, it was definitely something that, that, uh, I think is happening because they were, that was kind of what the topic of conversation was and so anyway with that said um i started thinking about my classroom and uh there is time so and we did an episode a while back um probably the first year and that was the the ebb and flow of the workshop and maybe that's what this is but not all of these were workshop teachers so so i think maybe there are times where kids just seem to like you said get distracted get checked out so so i'm thinking all right we have to keep pushing because i've got students that are extremely low and i've got to move them at a pretty good pace and at a pretty good level i mean i still have to teach them at as you mentioned earlier at the rigor of the standard and they have to be able to perform at that level and so sometimes what happens to them is they're really not there yet and if i don't if i move too quickly and i don't scaffold as we go then they check out that way and they just they're not engaged because they're like i can't do this it's too hard and then next thing you know they put you're looking around they put their head down um those kinds of things we're also having drama i don't know if you've ever heard of drama in middle school but right now we're having a lot of drama and so they're really more interested in the drama that's going on rather than stopping like like they stopping and doing their work so they're they're like this i can't concentrate right now i've got so much going on in my brain and i'm like yeah, but we have to do this. I mean, this is going to be in your brain when you're repeating next year. You know, I think they're going to be repeating next year. And I've been saying that. I know y'all been passed along some, but I mean, I'm telling you, there's going to be a point in time where this is going to stop. Y'all have got to check in with me. So that's kind of uh, where I was going with that. So my thinking is, or what I want to kind of discuss today is is really truly, how do we keep these kids engaged uh, with everything that's going on? And so that's kind of, kind of where i'm at do you see the same thing as a principal
1: oh my god 100 at a so high school i gotta tell you this you know there's in my class you know there's always been times where kids are you know a little squirrely and you can kind of you know you can pinpoint the the highlights and teachers listening can pinpoint the highlights right you know it's usually before break or if uh if something happens or anything like that, and as a principal, I got to tell you, this is a week before our Thanksgiving break, and uh, Monday was wild—probably the most wild day—and not not anything bad, and, you know. And it's it's funny because I really do enjoy the the really insane days. I did as a teacher too, um, not insane as in like nothing's getting done because that that's different, but just things were like you know, there's a lot going on, but there's progress. That's, that's all. It's kind of the opposite of teaching land, right? Because as a principal, it's almost like when there's a lot of things happening that are wrong, I'm more busy and I can have a bigger impact in a way, you know what I mean? And so that's a weird dynamic that I'm still working out mentally, but a hundred percent there, you know, when I talk to uh, the teachers that I work with, you know, they're, they, they're frustrated because a lot of kids are just, you know, it's it's November and grades have dropped. And a lot of teachers try to be very nice kind of within that first grading period and then slowly kind of ramp it up. And you see a lot of students disengage and whatnot. But what's cool as a principal is I see a bird's eye view of a huge campus. And so what I see is I do see that. I see kids becoming disconnected, becoming dejected, being in my office and talking about, you know, the the certain classes that they're just over when I when I pull up their grades and want to talk to them about it. But you know what also happens? I get to see the classes where kids literally show up and they don't want to leave. The classes where kids you know in the high school level kids are always trying to skip so they're just like i want i want to go to this class and do their work or i want to stay with this teacher or i want to do this i'm going to do that and it's so fascinating because as a teacher educator and principal i go okay, hey, so what is it about this class you know is it because the teacher's cool is it because they're relatable and a lot of the times the answer is yeah the teacher does have a lot of relatability but what happens is They've created a space that kids want to be in. I've said it a billion times. I've been praised for it. I've been crucified for it. I remember the crucifixion. I have I think that I've was a had, Twitter
0: comment, wasn't it? Of
1: course. I've had so <laughs> many things that have happened around this comment. And I, it's true, though. If you make a space that kids wanna be in, it solves 95% of your problems. It does. Now, it doesn't make a student that hates your content love your content. It doesn't take a kid that's living through trauma all of a sudden forget their trauma. You know, it doesn't erase the realities that we have to face every day and try to compete with, but you know what it does do? It lowers the barrier to entry. And when you have that, you have something to go off of. And when I see people who are really frustrated um, and, and really become super down on the process of getting kids into content and learning, what I see are people who... They're, they're not seeing enough of that, that success. And to me, it's like, okay, so what do you have to do as an educator? What do we have to do as a school, right? If we want to take it to a bigger context to get kids to at least want to be here, right? Let, let's start there. Like, let's make them not dread walking in through the school doors or your class door. And now for obviously probably a hundred percent of our audience are actual classroom teachers. So my thought process, and if I was working with any teacher that was in this, I would go, what do you like? Let's say it's you, you, we have what? Well, you're not going back to class. So <laughs> and at the point of recording this, there's other, now they won't hear this. Well, I'll
0: be going back tomorrow.
1: So let's say, let's say for the future, right? Let's say for Christmas break, you have that week right before Christmas break, one way to say is, you know, kids are just, they're out of control, whatever. We just, I just need to keep them under control and get them and get them managed or, or I can complain to my teachers or my principals or whatever, but let's flip that. What if you said, what can I do this week to make kids want to show up? What can I do? Maybe that's, do a new strategy that I've never done. Maybe that's do, you know, round robin writing or something like that. Maybe it's reading really fun picture books. Maybe it's setting up a competition. Maybe it's doing a classroom transformation. Or maybe it's just letting them really enjoy kind of this independence time and seeing how you can capitalize on it because you know it's going to be a losing battle. Everyone's looking forward to break, right? Like that's right. <laughs> that's just the fact that you have it. teachers are looking forward to it, principals are looking forward to it, teachers looking forward to it, parents maybe depending on the situation. Um but it's it's that I think I I love flipping quite flipping over questions like that because so sometimes it's empowering. Like I understand, like there, there's hard times, and I don't I don't want to push that aside. I don't I don't want to say, you know, no, you just gotta, you know, <laughs> remember your why and you'll be perfect. No, we there's things that are hard and there's times that are very obnoxious. But when we're talking about student engagement, getting kids to be excited, just asking, you know what? Given all the problems that I'm facing right now, what can I do? to make kids want to be in this space and you know what my answer a lot of the times was you know what i'm gonna do stuff that just connects to them you know in that last week before a break um or in a a week that's really heavy with let's say testing or anything like that i would just go like what's what's what emotional resonance can i get out of kids like what can i show them And that was when i leaned a lot on you know my slam poetry stuff and or or uh stuff that it was connected to standards, but it wasn't so academic. It was a lot more just emotional uh, kind of connection to where I was still working on the standards and leading that, but it wasn't so focused on that. And I found, I found a lot of leverage from that. And I, I think, you know, to, to go back to your original question, do I see it at high school? Absolutely. And the teachers that are overcoming it the most, I think they're doing their version of that based on, their content, their grade level, their style and everything else.
0: Yeah. And I think you're, you're right. Finding a way to connect to the kids. There's another thought too. And I think people like to feel smart. I think when we treat our kids as if they already are, I mean, you know, not above their heads, but just talk to them like they're, uh you know young adults if you will uh or if they're a little bit younger but just talk to them normal i mean don't like talk down to them i think that also helps but then when you're actually teaching them something new so switching it up i liked your idea of a new strategy something they haven't done before because it keeps the brain engaged the brain loves novelty the brain loves a strategy
1: that you want to try for fun oh you're you're the queen at this i've seen you do it a hundred times where you go you go all right guy and you 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 hang a lantern on it the same way we did with the audio version. yeah it may not work you go all right guys i want to try something new it may not work but let's see what happens and you have fun with it and the kids they give you feedback do they not when you set those situations up,
0: that's true that's true Uh, i do try different things or uh new connections and stuff like that um well, you know, I'm about to be out. And so I'm going to be out for a few days. Um, and so, and who knows what it's going to be like, but I know one thing I need them to be engaged so that the principals don't have to come in and I don't have to do discipline or anything like that. So, but I I did something the other, a while back over, I think we, we all, my team decided to do this and it was off of the, The electronic textbook you know we don't use the textbook very often so because we don't use it very often when the kids finally get to use it it's something kind of new to them and so I asked them when you're talking about feedback I said well first of all I was surprised because when I talked to our friend that we worked with and I said this is what we're going to do and she kind of went like why I mean (laughs) that seems so boring. And I mean, I'm like, I thought it was, I mean, I kind of did too, but I was agreeing with my team. And anyway, next thing I know that was probably one of my best days. The kids just got involved with it. They started reading and they were interacting with the text and it was all through the computer, but that's what they were doing. And I said, Hey, I'm going to be absent. Is this something that, and they were actually doing the work, you know, and I asked them, is this something that y'all would want to do? And they said, yeah, if it's a good story, So, I went through the book and I found a good story, at least what I think is a good story, but we're doing informational text right now. So, it's an actual um, story that's based on truth, but it's told in in a narrative. And uh, it's about, uh, you know, like a tsunami or whatever, which is always fascinating when you have disasters and things like that, it keeps their interest. But then we're going to follow that up with I found an actual article. Involving the 1964 earthquake in Alaska, which when the whole entire Alaskan uh, ocean uh, view changed, you know, and the ground melted uh, because of the, you know, it, it liquefied actually due to the tremor. And then it led to a tsunami that hit California and Oregon. Well, that's kind of, you know, wait, it hit here. And then we're going to follow that up with a poem about a tidal wave from the tidal wave that happened in uh, uh, the Indian Ocean that time. You know, some people wrote about that. And then there's another one about uh, a rogue wave that hit Japan, but this was in Japan in the 1500s. So anyway, so I found these things. So we're going to do a multi text but i think it's going to be something there's also a video involved about the ring of fire so it's a little bit of science a little bit of geology a little bit of geography and a little bit of poetry but it's all informational text but it's just different ways so by changing up the same topic and it could be any topic it's just this topic i chose and uh but changing up the topic or not changing up the topic, this is something you do. And that is you look at like an argument, you look at something from all these different genre perspectives and you find out what the the author's talking about. And I think that's engaging too to kind of switch it up. I think we have a tendency to stay with uh, like informational text. So, so, you know, I know that uh, we have some, at, even at our school, that are doing like an article of the week. And that is fine. An article of the week is great if it's handled well but at another school we were at I saw it not handled well and the kids hated it and they had trouble and it actually became something that started failing the kids because it turned into this worksheet and it was just cumbersome I don't know what it was about what they were the questions but the kids hated it I mean to the point that in the hallway I'm like oh what do you got you got the article of the week and they're like I hate this i mean they would actually tell you they hated it and it's like i would talk to my teachers and i'd say why are y'all still doing this you know the kids hate this yeah but we have to do informational text well no you don't like this so article of the week is fine but you know maybe if you did it based on what the kids want to do so like i have the kids They always write, they always brainstorm things that they're interested in. Well, they turn that list into me. Well, from that list, I pull things that they're curious about. And, you know, you can do that as well. Find poems, things about something they're interested about. Have them find it. You know, those kinds of things. I think that also helps them with engagement. Finding out what the kids really like and seeing if you can, like you said, feedback, things like that. And just kind of keep it fresh. So that's something that I'm going to see if it works. we'll see if it works. It might not, but I think it will at least help. We'll
1: have to do a recap on that. But I I, I do like what you said about, uh, you know, an article of the week can be great. It can also be horrible. I think that you and I over and over again, at least for the life of this podcast, have demonstrated that because we, we I mean, we've had conversations that were very much not anti-whole novel, but very, you know, in pro of other things. But we've also, I mean, how many times have we, the last two years we've at least talked about you doing The Outsiders for two years in a
0: row. You know what I mean? I'm only laughing because guess what? I'm still doing Oh. I have never, ever spent this long on a novel. It's I got to
1: tell you, if I was your oh, department no. chair, if I was still the department <laughs> chair, I'd be like, Chilla, Go you got to wrap it up.
0: <laughs> we cannot
1: do this for five years. We got to wrap <laughs> it up. It's It's a 130-page novel.
0: And no, it's not very long, but the thing is the kids. Oh, and apparently our reading lab teacher decided to do it, not realizing we were doing it. So half of my kids are already finished with it. Yeah. So it's kind of funny, but it's interesting because... They're like, ah, oh, we we did this in Mrs. So and So's class, and we already know. I said, don't give away the spoiler because we're not going to get through with it until I get to. It. So what what has happened is I have done so much connecting to this novel, we're not getting done. So, but the kids seem to enjoy it. So, like, we're doing poems with it. We've done nonfiction informational pieces. So we just do. I just stop and do something with it and then, and then we pair it and then the kids are and we we uh like I did I did the other day I did the, your repetition uh poem you know where the the repetition from the slam poetry that we shared in our workshop, the one that you did. And I tied it and I had the kids tie it. And they all talked about how this boy uh, was separated from his family and they talked about gravity and how how they felt like they were jettisoned into space and we talked about how Johnny was never home because nobody wanted him there it was there was no gravity in the home in Johnny's home, but the gravity that was in Pony Boy's home is dairy and soda and the fact that they loved each other and anyway, it was really cool so we really focused on that that uh poet's uh Use of gravity and space. It was fascinating. And then we just tied it to if uh from Rudyard Kipling. And that's a pretty hard poem. If is. And so we we analyzed it and we tied it to you know the outsiders. And <clears throat> so it's taken me a while to get through the outsiders, Here's, but the kids are still with me. So it's weird.
1: <laughs> look, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there. And now okay. you can do with this what you will. I know you have a busy upcoming time. Uh but maybe for November, maybe for December, I don't know. Or at some point you should take time on your own. This could be a bonus video for our Patreons or a bonus post. Even you don't even have to do a video on it, but I think you should outline how you extended the outsider. So long, not,
0: (laughs) not, (laughs) not as a recommendation, (laughs) (laughs) not necessarily, but for,
1: just for people to see that as a way that they could do it with whatever book that they're doing or whatever, because you, you're the master at it. Now, when we were working closer together, you know, it didn't necessarily happen that way, but that was partly because of me. Like I, I, people, if people have been listening for any amount of time, they know that I don't have any patience for stuff that takes too long. No, so, but that's don't. a personal problem. I consider that a flaw. I, I make it a strength, but it's a flaw. Like,
0: well, but that's kind of why I'm laughing about this because I knew you would go, What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing i we i have my feelings about it but it is what it is my ultimate and this is honestly this is the same conversations i have as an ap where i'm i'm at a place that there is workshop but it's not i mean it's high school there's not a lot of workshop stuff there a lot of a lot of the teachers there started during covid so things were changed. we have a new ela coordinator there, i mean there's all kinds of shifting sands so to speak and so a lot of my conversations aren't what I would rather see. Now, when I get to have those conversations, I love them because I do feel like I have a lot of ground to stand on. I've read research, I've read PD, I've talked to some of the best people in the business. Like I I have that background, but I don't, that's not what I rely on. My my go-to question is, is it working? Is what you're doing effective? And I think if you, if anyone listening to this ask those questions, it will at least start putting you on the right path. If you're off the, if you're off, it's, it's, and it's, it's how do you measure it as well? Because if you go, okay, my students are checked out. Okay. That's your data point. What are you doing? <laughs> so you have, you have to go to staying
0: that. Too, staying it's, too long on the outsiders. Well, that could be a problem. <laughs>
1: But let's say it's not, though. Let's say it's something else. I mean, you we can blame outside things all the time. We can. Mm-hmm. There's a billion reasons why kids shouldn't be engaged in school. There's a billion reasons why kids want to do something else than your classwork. But what can we do to increase those odds a little bit for, in your favor? And I, I think those are just healthy questions. And I, I, I don't know why people are uncomfortable with them. I don't know why I've received equal praise and criticism for asking those questions. But... The question of what am I doing? Is it being effective? How do I move kids to the next level based on what I'm doing? All of that is is entirely valuable. If you just heard a drum, it's because my dog just creeped into the office and her tail hit my drum set. Um,
0: Oh, okay. Well, it's also my cat. I know. This
1: is is the most... This episode should be titled Hot Nets. Listen at your... Listen... (laughs) Should have, warning. A warning. Yeah. Should have a warning. Yeah.
0: have a warning sign on it. Lord. Listen that anyway, So that
1: it's that idea though, the idea of just looking at yourself and going is what I'm doing effective regardless of your philosophical intentions, regardless of what someone else told you, regardless even regardless of what this podcast has told you. If what you're doing is effective and you see kids growth and you can measure that growth in a substantial way, by all means keep going. However, if kids are disengaged, if they're not wanting to do your work, if they if they aren't connected to it, and especially if they're not growing in a measurable way, then you have to figure that out. Like I, I've had that multiple times. I have never had a full year where I didn't have to ask those questions and go, you know what? Like last year, those kids were that that was one of my it wasn't the most difficult group I ever taught, but a lot of them. Uh, it, it was definitely the most difficult group I had taught in the last few years because I had the same group for so long. but I had to ask that question and go, you know what? I love doing this this way, but I have to change it because it's not working. Like the kids aren't connecting the way I want them to. Kids aren't resonating with the material that I would I would like to use at this point and you that sometimes that's a hard conversation i feel like it's in secondary it's a harder conversation because you know everyone does great Gatsby, everyone does the crucible everyone does antigone everyone does romeo and juliet everyone does the odyssey you know what i mean (laughs) like it's it's like we, we can all recite these things and i think there's a place for that i mean that's a that's a different conversation um Good lord, this puppy is just making all kinds of noise. I apologize, everyone. But at the at middle and an elementary level, which is our audience uh, for the most part, I, I think that you we can be flexible with this, and we can say, you know what? Maybe we did this last year. It's not working. So how do we how do we change this? Hey, I know with this workshop format worked last year, but it's not. It's November, and it's not working now. Like, why sit here and try to fit? Uh, a square peg into a round hole let's let's be smart about this and and put our ego aside and go what do i have to do tomorrow to get my kids to not only learn but to be engaged and want to learn and i think if you're asking those questions even if it doesn't fix tomorrow it will fix because it's your own personal growth that you're facilitating there and and you're already a step above Everyone else who who refuses to look at themselves in the mirror and say, hey, a lot of this is on me. I can blame the world and I can blame everyone else. But at the end of the day, I'm in charge of my own classroom. I set the tone. I set the lesson. I set the decisions. What can I do to set this on the right foot that does its best to counteract all of the other things outside of my control? I think if you're asking those things, you're you're on your way.
0: Yeah, I do and um I I'm constantly doing that. I mean even even doing these outsiders this long. It's just kind of funny but I didn't ever intend for that to happen, but the thing is the kids uh, we've I've done so many things with it so it's really my anchor text and so I teach a theme I teach everything I teach character I'm I'm using my nonfiction and my informational text and poetry I mean I'm I'm teaching all of it but I'm connecting it to this book so this book is really my anchor and i I'm probably gonna do another one I'll figure out which one it is for the second you know semester and just kind of put it out there but the kids are all reading because they're reading different books uh, because I re- they have to do the ssr i don't give in other words the teacher directed book is the is not outsiders right but the kids come in and every monday wednesday friday or not every friday but every monday wednesday they are reading and they read anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes well if i'm going to let them do that then I've got to squeeze the outsiders in somewhere, right? Or whatever else I'm doing. Well, on Mondays, we're doing the AI. So that's where I'm taking all of the AI stuff, which is advanced instruction, which we have to do. Um, You know, that new COVID mandate and all that kind of stuff. We have to do that for advanced instruction. And so by doing that, we, we're we allowed to do it uh, because we have a block class at some kind of law. I don't know, but... We do at least for an hour, which you remember doing that. We made that decision. So that's my Mondays like it was last year. Well, so then I take everything we do on that AI and I tie it back to the outsiders. That's where I'm getting all these other texts. So I'm hitting that and I'm tying that in. Well, in the same time, we're still doing all this writing. So on Tuesday, Thursday, we do all the writing. And then on Fridays, that's my whole Pretty much the whole day is a workshop day where it's really a true, you work on anything that you need to, you know, if you need to catch up on your reading, if you need to catch up on your writing, if you need to, and sometimes I direct it, but for the most part, if I'm going to do something, I do it then. We also take them to the library and we do all kinds of stuff. We just did a a poetry anthology tasting uh, where the kids got to read, you know, because they got to look at about six different anthologies, and then they did a book tasting under our librarian so that she taught them how to do that. And we looked at all the elements of, of anthology. So I'm doing a lot, and I think that kind of keeps them engaged. I think sometimes, though, you can lose them real fast by doing too much. So you got to kind of know your kids. I will tell you that I do differentiate because that one period that I have trouble, I have a group that's lower, and they're, they kind of like to misbehave. So I have to go slower with them. So I don't get everything done with them. They're further behind on the outsiders, et cetera, because you know, we just take a little longer to get some things done. But I think spicing it up, burying it. But there's one more thing I'd like to bring up real quick. And that is oh, yeah. I I pull these kids up and and you know I do this, uh, and I share their data on their test. And I tell them what we're working on. This is what you've got to do. And uh, they don't like making low grades. They really don't. And so I don't. And we, we've talked about this in a few a few podcasts back. It's not where you start. It's where you end up. I make sure that they really know that. And I said, now, if you stay with me on these things and you really work hard and you read that your self-selected book and you read a lot more will work on this. And so they get invested in their own learning by keeping up with their own data. They have a data portfolio. They have a writing portfolio. So when I start listing everything I'm doing, no wonder why we're not finished with the outsiders. But the whole thing is the kids, I keep it structured in the sense that we walk in and we write every day or not every day, but Tuesday, th- you know, I have those schedules and then I vary the mini lessons, you know what we're doing that day for the mini lessons. But we're writing, we're 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 following my my process writing. I those things I just don't I don't shortchange my reading. I don't shortchange my writing, and that's what I don't shortchange. If I'm going to shortchange, it's going to be in that that class novel and that's kind of where i'm at with that but but as far as keeping them engaged i think because of the variety and the fact that i tie it all back together it's not like i know there's a lot going on but thematically it's all tied back and i think that outsiders is what's keeping it kind of anchored does that make sense?
1: It does. And honestly, it's a great capstone to the discussion because we have some questions coming up soon okay. that we're going to answer about, uh, you know, how to work things in and and mm-hmm. where to put your time. I feel like that's so much of our conversations about where to put your time. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a great idea for a chapter, but that's another conversation <laughs> for another day. Ladies and gentlemen, if you, Enjoy this episode, leave a rating. Those ratings really do help us in the uh conglomeration of podcasts that are out there. It allows people to find us and let us know. Sorry if this audio is bad. I don't know yet. As I'm saying this, I don't know if this audio is gonna be good or bad. Hopefully, you uh joined us all the way till the end, regardless of if it was super high quality as normal or something a little bit less. But if you enjoy this, join us on Patreon. We do bonus episodes, bonus trainings, and we have some amazing stuff coming up for uh, the the Patreon supporters. We want to give back. It's the time of giving, and I think we have uh, some good ideas. But wish Ochoa the best. She's off. Her son is having a baby. She's going to be enjoying her time on Thanksgiving break. I'm going to force her to work at some point. But regardless. <laughs> Uh, yes, come
0: back next we'll week. We'll be there for you. <laughs> I know. Come back next week and know that we are here for you, even on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs>